there's very few things better than a little confirmation from your friends. It's the best. Notice how Brian just stayed silent the whole time. He's like, yeah, he looks like a tomato. I just don't want to tell him. You know who else said it looked like a tomato this weekend a little bit was uh, Dan Bailey. Yeah, you got oh, to see him. Yeah, I went to God's Country Coffee Stand and paid a visit to Dan. I said, uh, someone told me there was an average fitness or selling exceptional coffee over here. Maybe that's probably not from the sun, though, or skin. That's probably from all the HGH. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's they had brutal. Him. I actually went and, I went and worked out with him um, on last week sometime. Middle they of the one. I did. It wasn't really a win workout. It was like a you go, I go thing because I think we were afraid to be in competition with each other. But save that for the you, you could you could just tell you were doing your your rounds faster than him. I just felt like what I was doing was better. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. why James Hobart's a guest on the show this week because we needed a, another perspective. Mm. We didn't need it. We 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 were we're so good together anyway shows how show has rave reviews but i just thought shit let's make it better and just throw hobart in the mix it's like a blender it's like a smoothie and you just add a little more banana i hope that that's because that always makes smoothies better so i hope that is what i bring to this i hope i'm a little extra banana in this already delicious peanut butter chocolate shake james um i know this isn't going to make you very comfortable but you got to do it for me what are your games and, and maybe brian can do it off the top of his head too but what are your games credentials your regionals and games credentials um so i've com- regionals i don't remember all of them but i competed games individual 2009 2010 2014 um this year i'm going to compete as a masters in the 35 39 congratulations <laughs> thank you i'm very excited um and then 2011, 12, no, excuse me, 20, yeah, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, competed team, won three times, twice with Mayhem, once with New England. Um, that about wraps it up. And then your role on the CrossFit training department is? I'm a flow master. So course overseers are, are, are uh, I think, the the government term, but, um, I've been working with seminar staff now for 10 years, over 10 years. So head, head trainer and then help oversee courses. So, you know, the, the foundation, the roots of CrossFit, what CrossFit really is. And then you also know about what's happened as more and more people have gotten excited about Greg Glassman's idea of adding a stopwatch to workouts. Yes. You know, both sides. Yes. I don't think a lot of people know that they just think it's a sport, but Really, Greg just said, hey, let's start timing some workouts so people work out harder. And I remember, too, the first time I did a CrossFit workout that, you know, I can't say I really, I did it. You know, I was like, I did Helen, which is three rounds, 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, 12 pull-ups. And I didn't, I thought when, as it says, you know, it says three rounds, four time. And in my head, that just meant just write down whenever you finish. doesn't matter. I didn't know that. Like four what, time, like what time of day it is? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, oh, I did it at three <laughs> o'clock and it took me about 45. I just, you know, I did, it took me about 45 minutes and I didn't understand that four time meant like try to achieve a, a time where you're finishing as quickly as possible. But, um, I learned. It was like that for me too. And actually I'm embarrassed to say it was like that for like six months. So, you know, it was do Fran, but it was 11 thrusters, go to the drinking fountain, talk to yep. some friends, come back, do my 10 yeah. just, but, but I still was getting a great stimulus. Yeah, no, that's exactly. I remember. I'll never forget. Like I would do some dips, or you know, I would during a workout or some kettlebell swings or some pull-ups. Go get a towel, go get water, 
get, tell the barista to get the protein shake ready, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was out of control. So but. Brian, next week's semifinals, um, German throwdown, Brazil, something or another, and lowland something or another. And I went through the list of all the athletes and I only recognize one name, Frederick Egidius. That, that's not AKA true. You the know guy who makes babies with Annie. Oh, really? Do I? Definitely. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. I was feeling a little bit like a fish out of water. You might not know many okay, names so in, oh, in Brazil, but you'll definitely know a lot of the Europeans. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's Munweiler is going to be up there, and uh, that'll be a good one. Oh, yes, Munweiler. <laughs> no idea who that is. He's an animal. So, you should go back. If anyone wants to go back and watch the 2019 squat clean event out at in Madison, he was just like uh, – I remember because he, he borrowed my belt. I was doing demo team, and he borrowed my belt. And he just has like a – he just has this wild man aura. He's like the kind of guy you'd be like, yeah, you're cool to work out and stuff. But, man, it'd be fun to like go out and have 80 beers and just see what happens. He's a rare athlete so also like, at the games because he, he usually doesn't bring a coach with him, which I don't advise, by the like way. like that. Why don't you advise that? Because even when I compete in just you know pathetic little competitions that I do, I like to bring someone there just so I can go have them give me some water or some food or something when I'm uh, in trying to recover between events, just someone to talk to and keep me company. I mean, it's if, if it works for him, it's great, but I like having someone there. Sounds like and a can't butler, they, not a coach. Can't, can't right? Can't they also stop you from making errors, like ridiculous errors, like we've seen people make? I'll never forget, like Sarah. Want, I don't know if it was her first year or second year. Made some mistakes with the sandbags at Carson. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have a coach just while you're in the heat of it? Or someone else last week? I think Jason Hopper was saying he lost count of rounds, and if he had a coach who could yell at you, "Hey, this is the fifth round," or I mean, you see boxers going to their corner and they don't even know what round it is in the fight. You don't. Yeah, you I don't think, like having a coach with you, James? No, I. I think there's a lot. I was just curious to hear his thought. I oh. think there's a lot of benefit to having a, having a coach with you for all of those reasons, and even just giving you a heads up as far as like, Hey, you're two points away from, from squeezing into fifth place. Like this is the workout where you should, you know, put it to the, put it to the floor and just go for it. I do think there's a ton of value in having a coach. Yeah. You tricked me. I read into what you were saying. I don't like that. I don't like that. I read into it, but I also think it's possible to do it without one, you know, and I think it's cool. And, you know, I forget where Munweiler finished that year, but maybe you talk to him and he'd be like, I wish I had a coach. I just can't find anyone I really like. So, um, let's start with reviewing what happened this weekend at the Granite Games. Did you find out why they call it the Granite Games, Brian? Uh, it was your only, it was your only assignment, buddy. That was, was my assignment? assignment. Oh, I mean, more or less anything I want to know. You're, you're, you're like, I view you as like my iPhone. I just say stuff to it and you're supposed to come back with answers. <laughs> I don't know why they call it the Granite Games, but it used to be called the Cloudy Town Throwdown. I did find that out. That's a good name. I asked Dave why they called the Granite Games too, and he didn't know either. But I didn't expect him to know. He's not as smart as you. Does like uh, is it just to be like a hard name, or just like it's in Minnesota, right, Minneapolis? Yeah. Do they export like a ton of granite and like a bunch of granite quarries up there? Or is it just supposed to be like you know like hard? I was thinking that it was in reference to bodies, like bodies yeah. that were. Could be double meaning. But we still don't know. No one made a comment in the YouTube comments either. And Brian didn't find out. So on to the next thing. Oh, for one. So what did you find out, Brian? Let's talk about the women's competition. Is, we'll just go just big. 
is the winner of the CrossFit Games, is she, let's start with the women, because I think the women's competition was fascinating there. Um, is, is she in that group? No. no By winner, I mean, I, I mean anyone outside of Tia. No. Uh, so not only that, I don't think, I think, I don't think there was any top 10 women at the games here unless the two teenagers could sneak in there. Did both teenagers qualify? Yeah, second and third. Yeah. Holy cow. 17 and years really old. consistent performances. And Maui O'Brien, I know everybody's been talking about her, just like she showed some pretty dominant skills and like pretty solid poise for a so – what was I doing at 17? Crazy poise. Her interview with Derek, the the sideline commentator, was awesome. Short but sweet, but she just, she's like – just sounded like, hey, I just go. Yeah, and then she gave a little like headliney like age is just a number and then walked off. Yeah, like, it was badass. Did you get a chance to talk to her, Brian? What 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 do you think? No, I I really try not to talk to the uh, athletes during the competition unless um you know I have like a previous relationship with them and they make eye contact with me as they're leaving the competition floor or something. I did talk to her coach very briefly, but um for the most part she was getting a lot of attention and I didn't want to bother them any more than needed to be done. So it's like accessing my my Gmail account on my iPhone. It's it's two step authentic uh, authentication security. Not only do you have to know them, but they have to make eye contact with you. People, athletes. If any of you athletes are listening to this, please make on eye contact with Brian. And so come over, and we have Facebook. Yeah, and that way I can be like, hey, Brian, that athlete texted me and said they made eye contact with you. So tell us, Brian. Tell us about the women's competition. We got. Uh, I don't even recognize this this woman's name who won. Ariel Lowen? Ariel Strong Lowen. final day. She closed hard. Yeah. Uh, first, first, fourth on last day. Ariel Lowen used to be Ariel Armstrong. She used to compete in the South or Southwest Regional, trained in Texas in CrossFit Midland, then with uh, Roy Gamboa's gym in Abilene, Texas. Uh, she made regional several times. Didn't compete much the last couple of years. She's a mother now. And she actually didn't really have, I mean, she wasn't even sure if she was going to do a semifinal. She said in one of her interviews, she only did it to get the little name placard to decorate her, either her new house or her new gym. So this was just as much a surprise for her as it was for all of us. And she kicked ass. I'm looking. Uh, she did first, great. First it was actually, fourth. it was on the uh, second event on Saturday where I started uh, messaging the guys from Morning Chalk. And I said, hey, someone needs to uh, write a story about this girl because she's actually got a chance to make it. And uh, obviously she, she did a lot more than that. And what she's were- a mom. Yep. Yeah. How new of a mom? Not sure. Huh. Great question. And you must be ecstatic, Brian, because it's you're a you're a Roy Gamboa fan, and you said you used to train with her. Yeah, and so that's one. That's an example of an athlete who I did talk to during the competition this weekend because Roy and I have had some conversations in the past. We went, you know, we both played college sports in the same conference. He did really well on this handstand push-up workout, and I just happened to kind of cross paths with him afterwards. I said, I didn't know you were going to crush that workout. He goes, neither did I. <laughs> okay. And he made it. He qualified, right? Yeah, he finished fourth. I think I actually projected him fourth, and he finished fourth, so he's making me look good and himself good. Well done. You think Alessandra Pacelli will beat uh, Mallory O'Brien at the games? No. What is Mallory O'Brien's weakness? Inexperience. Uh, I think that there was one ex- one event in the weekend particular here that I thought was really good for her, which was the one she took twelfth in, 
Um, she got a bunch of no reps on the wall ball. It was a heavy wall ball to a tall target, 20 pounds to 10 feet. You rarely see that in the female division. Uh, I actually like that the Granite Games had the 10 foot target for the girls. This is just an added challenge, but she was getting a bunch of no reps and, you know, at the games, it's the judging standard is high. There was some conversations about the judging at the Granite Games this weekend being a little lenient. And, um, so I think that that's a good learning experience for her. Emma Carey had some similar stuff like that. Um, they're, you know, not everything's always going to go your way. When you're that good, that young, you're always winning. But as any professional athlete in any sport knows, at some point, you're going to run up against other people who always win and then someone's got to lose. So hopefully they can both walk away learning from some of those frustrations because they're, it's bound to happen at the games again at some point. So Emma Carey finished with 560 points in third place and Mallory O'Brien with 604. <clears throat> it was and a lot closer Emma than Carey, that actually between yeah. the two of them though. On the last event, Emma Carey was in the lead going into the dumbbell lunges and she took a risk. I mean, they'd already both basically clinched a game spot at that point. So she took a risk and went for the event win, ended up finishing 17th by far her worst finish there. She could have played that safe, finished like fifth or sixth, and she would have been right up there around the 600 point mark also. Okay, and I did see that. I did see. I, I actually saw that she went for two ten-yard lunges without taking a break, and she failed that second section a couple of times. She dropped a dumbbell on her head. She ended up not even finishing the workout. Where, like I said, she could have easily had. You know, she probably she still would have been third, but she would have been very very close to the top two. And when you so, talked to her, what did she say, Brian? When you went up to her afterwards to talk to her about it, what did she say? I did not talk to her. Good thing you went to the Granite Games. Hobart, when you text her afterwards, what did she say? Uh, she said, she said, can, could Savan snatch 200 pounds when he was 17? That's what she asked. No, I couldn't. I've never even, I had a dream once where I snatched 165. I had a dream. Dude, that, the, that was incredible strength, to watch. The strength numbers are devastating to your ego if you started CrossFit like 10 years ago and you were in your 20s. And you were a male who had an ego that was probably too inflated. And then you watch a 17-year-old snatch a weight that you couldn't hit for years into your CrossFit career. It's, it's absolutely crippling, but amazing too. Do we know the backstory on these girls? How are they so good? Are, they, are their parents affiliate owners? Like what's going on here? I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but they are. They are that good. And that's why I'm really happy that I went this weekend because – you can see the leaderboards, you can see the performances, but until you see them do it and you see their facial expressions, you see their bodies, you see the way they move and the way they handle adversity and challenges, um, it's a totally different thing. So they're they're re they're the real deal, but I don't know how. Christy Aramo is. I'm looking here. She's five two, 132 pounds. Check Carolyn Connors' stats. Carolyn Connors. She's in. She got fifth. Okay. Carolyn Connors, oh, 5'1", 133. And then you look at Mallory O'Brien, and she's just an inch taller than Christy, and she's 145 pounds. And she looked like, she, I mean, she still looked lean, lean but she's, she looks like she's carrying 10 more pounds of muscle on her, 10 more pounds of horsepower. A lot of people were saying that Christy got the short end of the stick on programming here. And there's not, not great programming because of maybe her size. I don't think it has anything to do with size. I do think that there, from a, if you're just looking with no other information, there is a, an absence of a long test in this, in this competition. And obviously we know that Christy, that's the workout that she's probably going to do best on. 
Um, and she didn't have that. If there was a long test here, she, she would probably make the games. But, you know, the, the programming actually ended up, I think, being okay because it was brutally hot there. And if there was a 25 minute workout, that would have been, that would have been pretty rough. There were already enough athletes suffering on the floor. Two, two things, James, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I, I, I don't think they should ever stop the, an event because of heat. I, I, I could give a rat's ass, let make them go. That's just part of it. Constantly varied functional movements execute a high intensity and the modalities and terrains and temperatures should all be varied. And you should, you should, the, the you know, like it was freezing one time in, in Madison. Do you remember that? I mean, it was freezing. That was the obstacle the, course, right? Yeah. Freezing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was that. shaking out there holding the camera and I had like three jackets on, but, um, and then the other thing is, James, I'd like to hear your thought on. I'm hearing that the Granite Games programming was bad, that it just wasn't it wasn't good. And Brian didn't say it was bad, but he was questioning it last week. You know, I um, I don't <laughs> wasn't bad. Um, I don't think it was complete. There, there. I mean, every test was under ten minutes. You got a lot of movement. You got a fair amount of movement variety in it. And I was actually doing a lot of thinking about this before I jumped on because one of the things I was thinking about is like, well, do you still get the fittest person throughout the weekend? And I still think you do. I still think like the mm-hmm. fittest athletes through the weekend. What I'm really curious to see is like how do these – you know, and maybe what they're doing in training, like what is the lesson they learned in training and what do they bring to the games? Because even if you already look at – and obviously I'm biased. But if you looked at um, the online semifinal workouts that CrossFit just released, just the variety of rep scheme and the the, the – disparity between times in some of those workouts like they did friendly fran they're doing the the workout gretel which are going to be sub 10 minute workouts and there's a workout on there that has a 2k row and a 1k row and there's a workout on there that has 60 muscle ups like just the amount of volume that changes i i think you know those represent a much more complete test so i don't want to knock the granite games just because putting an event like that together is a pain i'm sure especially after this year but i i did look at it and i was like Oh, it's interesting that you know every event except for one is under ten minutes. Brian so, did say it was notorious for having being a strength. Um, even before it was a semifinal, it was notorious for being a strength, and maybe they were just trying to a strength competition bias with a strength bias. So maybe they're just trying to stay true to themselves, and I kind of respect that. Well, I'm really glad that James brought up the the virtual programming here, since we're doing we're talking we're going to talk about the virtual competitions coming up anyway. The disparity between the Granite Games programming and the virtual competitions to me is alarming, and it's alarming in this sense. The, um, every Granite Games workout aside from the one rep max lift was between the five and uh, 12 or 13 minute time domain, and the online programming for CrossFit has six events, and there's only one workout in that time domain. Two workouts will be sub five minutes, and three workouts will be over 20 minutes. There's a 25, 25, and 30 minute time cap. Last year at stage one of the CrossFit games, when they programmed seven workouts, they also only had one workout in the five to 17 minute time domain. And I don't know why CrossFit is only programming one workout of either competitions in the sweet spot for time domains. So while I think at the same time that Granite Games missed on variety, I'm very confused. I do like the programming at both competitions, but I would agree with James that both are incomplete in that regard. Wait, so I missed why is the online – what concerns you about the online because there's nothing in the middle there? There's one thing in the middle, but it's just – it's a snatch letter that's a 10-minute AMRAP. Well, I was actually talking to Malia, Austin Maliola earlier, and he did that dumbbell one. 
And yeah. he said he finished that in 15 minutes and thinks he thinks the fastest will be in the 13s. Why is there a 25-minute time cap then? I don't know. Well, that's interesting you bring that up. because he, Even that 13-minute <laughs> workout, someone told me today, I haven't verified this, that the slowest time was seven minutes. Which one? At the Granite Games? The thir- yeah, the 13-minute. No, no. I think of the 13-minute workout, no one was under 10 minutes. And I will say, okay. the, the guys who programmed the events there told me that the long test, quote-unquote long test that they were programming was the back-to-back workout where the athletes were on the floor for 21 minutes. And that did take a big toll on the athletes. Doing that workout that took 10 to 13 minutes, some of them got time-capped, two-minute turnaround, and then doing another six-minute workout um, was, I mean... Yeah, why isn't that? We, so, so it's a little unfair that we're saying there was only a 13-minute workout. It, why can't we call that a 19-minute workout with a two-minute rest? I think it felt that way for the athletes. It looked that way to me. It, it looked like it was the most beat down workout of the weekend or workouts of the weekend. I think it's because you're still scoring that event separately. If you didn't score it, I think because that second event is still a sub five minute workout. But yeah, and and I, I wonder if there were people there who were gaming that or if everyone games that sort of the way we saw Pat Barber do at the games that one year. Yeah, I remember that. Well, it was actually incredible. Uh, the The programmer there, he told me, he said, I don't, I don't want anyone winning both of these workouts. Ariel Lohan won both the workouts. Tim Paulson got third and first on those two workouts. And basically, right there, they both secured games tickets. Wow. Yeah, Tim Paulson had that were- comeback. Tim Paulson, I was so impressed with Tim Paulson this weekend because on the workout that had the ring muscle-ups, it was very windy on the competition floor. And the torque tank was – you couldn't really separate anything on the torque tank. So it was about how fast you could get there. And on the second round of muscle-ups, he got a no rep on his last muscle-up. And it was a iffy call. I didn't have a problem with the call. The problem was after he got off the rings, he couldn't get him to stop swinging. He jumped up three times and missed before he finally got up there. That that instance, that whatever happened in that scenario, ended up costing him about 40 points in the competition. So he would have been right up there threatening wow. Saxon for the win of the competition. And he had to deal with that mentally because he knew it. I actually talked to him later that night, and he was like, don't get me started. And he was going on and on. And I'm like, you're, you're a veteran. You've been around. You know, that stuff can happen to everyone. And he came back and had an excellent last day. So he got over it, moved on and did what he needed to do. So, so, so they stopped the, so they, they changed the timing of the event or you're worried about the athletes because of heat, because of, I guess, their health. But, but when, since it doesn't affect their health, it can affect the competition when you have rings dangling and, and, and it's a go, no matter how windy it is. The 40 points he lost in that event had nothing to do with his fitness capacity. He could have jumped up and done 10 more muscle-ups. He was totally fine. It was just an unfortunate circumstance. And the no-rep no wasn't – I didn't have a problem with the no-rep call. Sometimes you get a no-rep. But just the way that that unfolded, it cost him a lot. Go, let's go back to the heat, Hobart. What do you think about that? Are you concerned about – as a spectator, can you, can you take off your CrossFit training hat and your CrossFit Games athlete hat? Or no? What do they do in other sports? What other yeah, sports they, do they worry about the heat? Take heat breaks. They recently started rain breaks. They recently started doing it in professional soccer. They used to be, uh, you know, forty-five minutes any way you look at it. But in the last couple of years, they've started implementing a water break even at the top level as professional Olympics, I mean, uh, World Cup, um, where they'll just take a break like halfway through each half and let the athletes get get some water and shade or whatever. Now, is there rationale because they want to have like a trickle down to to, you know? lower, less responsible leagues or, or, or younger athletes? Or is it like, is that what their rationale is for it? 
I just think overall, you know, uh, like uh, David Eberhardt says, the security junkie syndrome is taking over and people are getting more and more concerned about more and more things. I mean, you can no longer have two-a-day football practices in California. And a lot of other states are doing that wow. too. Wow. And, and you know water has no effect on heat stroke. That is a complete uh, – that's been proven wrong a thousand times. That's completely misguided. Do you think maybe if people had better diets, water. they'd be more prepared to train in the heat? I don't well, know. Also, These guys all have pretty good diets, right? Well, yeah, yeah, and also I think it's like at some point you're going to have somebody out there who's going to literally, you know, crush themselves to win. So they're going to a competitor is going to roll, make the choice to roll that dice. It, it happened. This and maybe weekend. that's their that's their safety concern. There were there was one girl that so what I think s- passed out three times this weekend, but she still kept competing. She ended up finishing tenth. Oh, uh, who's that? Madison McElhaney. She wrote about it on Instagram. Did she roll across the finish line one time? No, a lot of people rolled across the finish line. I don't know. I saw someone actually do a somersault, and the last time I'd seen a somersault at the CrossFit Games was when Valerie Vobril, um, that was like in 2009, she basically passed out and fell forward and then and then caught herself into a somersault and rolled across the finish line. And, she was, and then they had to carry her off the field. That was the end of the games for her. I remember that. I mean, she looked like death. I walked up to her and I was like, oh my God, this girl looks in bad shape. Do you remember that year also that you had to run in, in into that sort of that stadium they had made and there was a little opening and the runners had to run into it down onto the court and down from the hill. It was And, and one girl ran underneath the bleachers and ran and just hit her head on a bar. Like she missed the opening, even though it was like a 20 foot wide opening. That's how oh, that's tired terrible. they were. That's yeah. terrible. So what do you know. think? I think I like the idea of having athletes manage the heat until someone gets really hurt by it. Then I'd be like, ah, you're right. That was a bad idea. Or you have, okay. you know, it happens That's multiple honest. times. That's but honest. I, I no, one, no one had to withdraw this weekend due to the heat. There were a lot of people that had to be either helped off the floor or carry, you know, were unable to finish a rep scheme or something because of it. But um, the only there was no withdrawals due to heat. And, and I they will did, say they did make like a last minute decision to move the Saturday competition yeah. back five hours so that they'd be competing into the night where it'd be cooler. And it seemed like it went, still went off pretty well. Like that's a significant change. And it seemed like it switched, you know, without too much fuss. Well, since they didn't like have it, any community you know, divisions, they had a lot of freedom to do that. Gotcha. Do you remember Hobart also in Madison, there would be times when the field would be, I think it was Madison. I don't remember if it was Madison or Carson, but the field would be so hot, but there would be sections of it where there was shade because the sun was going down and it was like a 20 degree difference. So the athletes who were in those lanes were just like, it was a totally different experience. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I remember too, when we, we demoed in 2019, I worked on the demo team and they were out rogue. I think Katie Henniger was out there testing the temperature of the field and it was like clearly different in um, different spots. And then same thing in 2014, when we did the regionals outside at Reebok and um, everyone was burning their hands on the hand sandwalk. I don't know. Part of me think that that is just stuff you have to be able to manage as an athlete and then still be able to win if you want to get there. But I don't know. I don't want to get like click baited and people like James Hobart, no one will care, but doesn't care about athletes health. (laughs) But you know, it's just, that's not the case. 
No, we I have do... a guy who makes sub clips for us. That's exactly what he would do. <laughs> Perfect. You can, so, you, yeah, I just. I mean, you can train for I it after like the first year at, at uh, Madison when people realized, oh, it can be hot in Wisconsin in August. Then the athletes started coming earlier and acclimating to the weather, whatever it was that year. And Mallory O'Brien said in one of her interviews, she she never trains in air conditioning, no matter what. She always trains in either the doors closed or doors open, the hottest, so that she's ready for something like that. That's savage. And and. I don't know much about him, but someone was t- show, sent me this article about Wim Hof, the the breathing ice guy, and he basically says he's adapted to cold and that you can adapt to cold just like you could fat adapt to if you only eat protein and, and fats, and you could adapt, to, you know, your muscles adapt if you keep lifting heavy stuff. So you but, would think that that would just be part of it. But I think there's also a top line <laughs> strategy piece of it where it's like, whoa, it's it's a hundred degrees out. And I know that I, I'm, you know, I wouldn't win this workout in perfect weather. So why would I go out and destroy myself for this when there's seven other events left? You know, and it's, I remember when, again, I, when Austin did, they did, uh, Murph at the games that year, he gave himself like destroyed his arms. He couldn't straighten out his arms the rest of the weekend, you know, destroyed his arms to take fourth in that event. And it's like, he couldn't climb the pegboard at the end of the weekend or he could, but it was just really hard for him. So I, I think that's part of it too, but I don't want anyone to get hurt. That's my little like, sitting on the fence no but but the veteran they should have to manage it the veterans managed it really well i watched alessandra pacelli in the running workout she must have been running a 10 or 11 minute mile pace but she passed and she was in last place after round one but she passed almost everyone by the last round and tim paulson did the same thing on a couple workouts yes that that was the thruster one yeah yeah, there were a lot of athletes that came out blazing fast and couldn't hold on. Well, the contrary to that is uh, is Taylor Self. Taylor Self came out really hot in that workout. He died, faded, and ended up that that result cost him a, a spot to the games. He would have made the games if he'd just just gone eighty percent throughout that entire workout. That's all he needed to do. He'd be at the games instead of Colton Mertens. And that's that's Jason Hopper's like weekly or once every two weeks training buddy, right? I'm looking here. He took nineteenth in that event. Look at the rest he of his results. Place overall. Yeah, he did great. Oh wow, yeah. And so he was six points away from fifth place. He he actually admitted that uh, he ne- mentally never recovered from that because he knew he screwed that event up so bad. Um, what what is last place? There's thirty people. Okay, so he took nineteenth. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Does nineteenth place even get any points? <laughs> it gets points, and you can. The thing is, you you can take a nineteenth place and still make the games. Colt Mertens took eighteenth and twentieth on two workouts, but he actually he won two workouts to offset those. Uh, Taylor didn't have a home run top three finish to offset that poor performance. Well, he did have top let's three. He was about, he's third in the last workout, actually. Let's talk about C- Colton Merton. It, it, they really, <laughs> I, I actually thought it was quite enjoyable. They really drug out the announcement this year. Like he said, in the fifth place person going to the CrossFit Games, and then the guy just started talking silly for like a minute, which was kind of cool. Not everyone liked that. And uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, I, pro- I probably liked it because other people didn't like it. <laughs> um, who is better? Is Colton Mertens better? Better than just who? Just you being there this week? Then Nick Matthew, the guy you beat by three points? Clearly. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> He beat him. He's true, clearly, he's, he's better, man. That's he won. Competi- that he's better. A competitor's uh, perspective, and now how about an analyst perspective? He's better. Well, it's you know when you when you, it depends what you want to see at the games. Do you want a guy at the games who's going to get fifteenth uh, to thirtieth in every workout, or do you want a guy who's got top five potential in some workouts and bottom ten potential in other workouts? 
And that's Colton. Yeah, but but generally speaking, the guy who gets top five in a couple workouts and bottom ten in other workouts is going to have a better finish come the end of the weekend. And, and you're saying Colton is the guy who can do that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, he can win events at the game. Do you think? He's got a very specific skill set he's amazing at. Do you think he's going to have strength to hold? I mean, that was the other thing. There was no workout at the Grand. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there was the 185 hang squat thing, which is. Should have been 225. Which is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Paulson would have loved that. As long but as the you think he's got that, like, that games, that games heavy barbell capacity. Cause that, he, that thruster run workout, <laughs> he smashed the pants off of that thing. He called the shot. He said, he said, I'm going to, I won't do well on the snatch, but just wait for that thruster work. I'm going to burn it down. And he did. Oh my God. He's five, four. That's generous. 185 pounds. Wasn't like, isn't Fraser? Fraser's like five foot four, five foot three, but he's like, he, I no, heard the other day, he's, <laughs> I think it was on your podcast. I think it was on your podcast. He said he was, he walked around at 200 pounds for the games. Like that's insane. I think he, he claims a, he's five seven. I think he claims five there's seven. There's no way he's five seven. I've met him at least once. He told me five six. He I think I believe five six. <laughs> All right, let's let's split the difference. Call it five five. Wow. And Colton looked I mean, he looked thick as shit. And the way he had those long shorts on, I mean, he didn't even look like he had legs. You know that look? Like short yeah. people shouldn't be wearing short people should be wearing no short shouldn't go past your knees. Yeah. If you want to look like a normal person. You need to be six foot to wear shorts that go past your knees. I'm, but ultimately, I'm with James here. I mean, the the guy, the competition directors asked me at the end of the week, did the right guys make the games? And I said, I think at least nine of the ten individual athletes that made the games are the, are the right ones, and I don't have a problem with any of the ten that made it. You know, I'm really happy for all of them. I kind of know the stories behind each one of them. I think that they all are worthy to be at the games, and I, you know, I don't think that any of them are going to embarrass themselves or the Granite Games programming by by what they're able to do there. Well said. Any but, of these? Uh, let's go ahead. Any of these athletes top five games material? Um, no. No. Not oh, even Saxon. Possibly Chandler Smith, but he I didn't. He didn't look like he was in top form this weekend. So he's. I think he he recognizes that he's got to clean some stuff up to have that chance. Saxon Panchik. Okay, the women know. Um, I think Mal, Rio, O'Brien, and Emma Carey can threaten top ten. And I think Chandler Smith and Saxon Panchik can threaten top five. Let me, t- I want to t- talk to you about Chandler Smith for a second. I, I was watching his, one of those workouts, dumbbells were going overhead. And his um, movement pattern was so sloppy. And I also noticed something about Mallory's. Hers wasn't, by sloppy, I mean, the barbells weren't going up in a straight, uh, the barbells, the dumbbells were not going up in a straight line. I thought, wow, he's really using a lot of extra energy by not choosing a, a, a straight path. And then with Mallory O'Brien, I noticed she was pushing out into a V instead of directly overhead. I mean, her, and it didn't seem to bother her, but I was thinking, wow, those, that doesn't, neither of them look like they're doing that efficiently. James, I'm curious what you think about this because he's talking about the dumbbell thruster workout for Chandler where it did look a little bit uncomfortable. But then in the last workout of the weekend with the double dumbbell overhead walking lunge, he looked like the best position in the entire field. Yeah. You know, I don't, what was the standard? What did they brief for the standard on the dumbbell workout? The thrusters? Did they brief it had to be, oh yeah, yes, the thruster workout. Did they brief it had to be like hand over body or was just arm locked out? 
must, I mean, <clears throat> I, I wasn't at the briefing for that, but it must have been arm locked out because hand over body was, was not being executed by all the athletes. Yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, like regardless of, you know, this is a shorter range of motion if you go out to the side. Yeah. That's why they have the uh, but harder, right? Theoretically harder. I, yes and no. I mean, I think for the speed at which they're doing the reps and given like the, you know, the close margins of performance in the field and because it was a lot, ultimately, I mean, it's a lower rep workout. I don't necessarily think it was harder because I think it allows them to cycle and finish reps faster. Whereas if they're taking that extra second to bring that arm all the way overhead, yeah, you get the support of the arm, but it's just extra range of motion that you don't want to, you know, if you could go four inches out to the side, that's extra range of motion. You don't want to have to deal with. So it could even be strategic on Mallory's part. She could be smart, smarter than the rest. Yeah. Or, I mean, or she, have better coaching. She ripped those thrusters. Yeah. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff you can start to play around with. You know, you can, you want to, you know, no one wants to talk about this probably, but you want to ride that, that line of standard as close to it as possible. Cause you know, the margin of difference between some of these points is like five seconds is five places. So why not? Is, is Saxon still getting better? Is he, is he going to, will he ever be Scott? (laughs) I mean, I know the competition is getting better, but Scott is so damn impressive. I was impressed with Saxon overall on the weekend. He didn't get a lot of attention because he wasn't winning any workouts. But then when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, he didn't win any workouts. And so then I was like, you know, he's very consistent. But if you're, if you're talking about you want to beat Scott Panchik at the games or you want to finish on the podium, which is usually what you have to do to beat Scott Panchik at the games, you have to be able to win some workouts. And this was against a relatively weak field compared to what the games field is going to be. His finishes are impressive. Third, fifth, seventh, sixth, seventh, fourth. They consistent. Has anyone ever won the games without winning an event? No, no. I think we went over this before. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't Fraser so was the Fraser was the closest to not doing it when he only won one event in 2016. But he did have seven second place finishes. Whew. Yeah, those top two spots are just like point windfalls. You know, I don't want to knock Chandler Smith because he could lift heavier weight poorly than I could perfectly on my best day. But, um, you know, I, I, and I think he's a really fantastic guy. Actually, when I, the first time I met him, I was going through security in an airport and he sometimes somehow saw me and he ran up and called my name out through security, introduced himself. So it's like, um, that was the best I've ever seen him lift though, that 305, like his movement is getting better. And I think he's somebody where it's like the more his movement improves, I think he's going to be so good. Cause there are sometimes he'll lift and I'm like, you just squat clean. 315 pounds and you only stood on one leg man like he's just sometimes his movement is not great but it, that was the best i've ever seen him lift in that snatch and i think that was a pr he hit that week right i, th- I think so too and I, 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 agree. I, Instagram. I was impressed with his movement quality on the snatch i think he's been working at it since um since rogue last year yeah i don't know i, I want to say keep- i want to say he gets in the top five at the games I keep wanting to go to next week's events, but I want to share one more thing that I want to hear about from you guys. So Colton Merton is tw- took fifth place. He's 23 years old. Fourth place was Gamboa. He's 34 years old. Tim Paulson took third place. He's 31 years old. Chandler Smith is 28. He took second place. And Saxon is 25. When I see, when I see an athlete at 28, 
I, I just think, it, oh, you better, it's time to shit or get off the pot. Like, like your, your window is really closing. Like when you hit 30, I'm thinking. But you just listed two guys like, that are 31 and 34 who made it. I know. I know. Yeah, how, but how old was, how old's Matt? Is he 31? 30? I think he's, I think he's 31. He's what? Five foot two, 35 years old. <laughs> he's 31. <laughs> Yeah. He's 30, yeah, I, think I don't he's know. 31. I feel like at 28, you got a little, you have a couple more years. How come there's no 18 year old men, 17 year old men? And then oh, on the women's question. side, it's like, <clears throat> that's a good question. But there right, are I'm some, you, there yeah. are some young guys that I'm excited to see over the next two weeks. Um, not, well, maybe not next week, the last week of competition. There's, uh, at the West Coast Classic, you'll have Dallin Pepper, James Sprague, and Tudor Magda, who are all between 18 and 20. And then Cole Grayshaber will be competing at the Atlas Games, who's like also around 20. So these are some of the young guys that might be able to answer that question. But it's a it's a valid question because there's none of them are as good as Mallory, Emma, or Haley Adams at that age relative to the women's field. Okay, so Dallin Pepper is 19 years old, and he's six foot, and he's 212 pounds. No, he's... Yeah, and Cole Grayshaper is just as big. That must be so nice. I was talking to those guys at Atlas Games last year, and I was like, I can't believe how big you guys both are. Like, in my mind, I'm like, you guys are freaking massive. Like, it's crazy. When I was 19, I still wore a small T-shirt, I think. That's awesome. So, so Brian, I think you answered this question. I was going to say, can you say it's because the men's competition is more developed but I think you already refuted that by saying, no, there just aren't men who are at the skill level of and strength of Mallory and Emma. I mean, just just biology, though. You know, men, men in general don't develop in a lot of ways as early as women do. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a potential explanation. Um, Garrett Clark took 29th. He was the youngest guy at the Granite Games at 22 years old. He took 29th place. It does, doesn't even look like he competed in... He had a little problem the with the heat. He, he had a little problem with the heat in the last event. Okay, um, which is the the interesting thing is is then the next youngest is Colton Merton who took fifth, and everyone else is older than them. Is he a farmer? I heard that. Colton. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Telling me about that. I think that he might like, be right. He just. I think someone said he's like a pig farmer or rancher or something like that. He's very soft spoken, huh? I, you know, in some ways, like that, that sort of like, you know, when he made that comment about not laying on his back, like sometimes I hear those interviews and it rubs me the wrong way. But I also kind of, I kind of like how it's just like, you know, he just has that one track, like I'm here to do one job. So I, I have a lot of respect for that too. And he did it too. Like he kind of, you know, he called his shot, which is really cool. I, I I didn't know I don't remember him being saying that but yeah because you know what I the reason why I don't like it is I feel like it's just like stealing off of Miko. Yeah, but I think he said he got it from his affiliate coach, which I really I love I love when athletes uh, reference a coach at an affiliate level. You know, but why do you have to call really it stealing cool. off of Miko? Why can't you say borrowing from a legend? Right, I agree. I agree. I know it's it's just me. I, you're totally right. It's just me just being like so protective of the old guys. That's it. Okay, enough of last week. You don't care about the Africa competition? Oh, yes. Sorry. Of course I do. I was going to save that for last, the best for last. <laughs> Let's talk about Africa. That's a continent, right? That's a continent, yes. Well, there's not, okay. there's, there's not that much there. to say about it. 
the team there won every single competition, every single workout, and uh, that wasn't that surprising because they basically did the same thing in the quarterfinals. And I'll be interested to see how they do at the games because um, they didn't basically they didn't have real any real competition in in their continent. Jason Smith made it again. He's 37 years old now, I think. He'll probably be the oldest man at the games. And um, last time he was at the games, he did pretty well. So see if if he can finish in the top half of the games for this year, I think that's incredibly impressive at 37 years old. And uh, Crazy impressive, especially when people like Hobart are already ducking out for Masters. Ducking out for Masters <laughs> immediately. You know, when I, when I got that email, I was like, all right, see you later. Give me my Metamucil. And then the girl that made it is Michelle Baznet or Baznet. I'm not 100% on the pronunciation. She's 24. She had a pretty impressive weekend. She trains a lot in the in the U.S. Um, I spoke to a couple of people this weekend who've, who've trained with her and competed against her at some off-season competitions, and they think she's got a lot of potential. So I think that the Africa representatives are pretty are respectable, um, but they're you know they're not overall representative. Like the quality of the rest of the field is not is not up to par yet. Jason Smith dominated, just like you said he would. Way better time domain spread, too. You mean of the workouts? Yeah. Yeah, 19. Where are you pulling that up? Where are you pulling that up so fast? I'm just looking at the leaderboard. Oh. The leaderboard actually is a, oh, is a better put- place to look than the time caps because, like uh, James said, you know, you can have a 25-minute time cap and everyone's finishing in 13 to 18 minutes, and then it can be pretty misleading. Yeah, you just kind of look at the top half. You know, it's like. 20 minutes, 5 minutes, 10 minutes. That's really cool. Yeah, I wonder what the time cap was for that first one. 3, 2, 1, go. Man, those are some really close scores for a long workout. You see that? You would think they'd be spread out way more than that. From from 25th place to 1st place is less than 3 minutes. And the workout is, uh, and, and it's 1938 for first place, and last place is 2235. I wonder what that workout was. Can you see what that workout is, Matt, Brian? Which workout was it? The first uh, three, two, one, three, two, one, go. one go from Pittison Cape Town. Oh, uh, it's because there was a 3,000 meter biker, 2,000 meter row, 1,000 meter ski, and all that was in between those were box, burpee box jump overs. So it's just, you know, it's a long time on the ergs, and then, you know, generally you're not going to get a ton of separation just on the machines. I like that workout. That's a great aerobic workout. I might ro- I might program that at the gym. God, you hate your clients. But if it's too hot, will you will you push all the classes to nighttime? Our aerobic workouts, we so we, I put six up on the board every month, and then they choose to do them when they want. Not everyone does them, but a lot of people do them. You know, on the weekend or if they don't feel like you know getting under heavy, heavy barbell one day, they'll just go on the side and do them. Um, and that event was indoors. It wasn't like in a warehouse. Yeah, it right. actually looked pretty cool to me. Yeah, I watched some of that video. It looked like it was indoors. And did Tion run that? I think Chris and Tion, Tion are the event organizers, yeah. Good job. That's awesome that there's a, a CrossFit semifinal in Africa. Even though I was poking fun at it, it's really cool. I mean, All right, I, I like I like it. The, the community ahead. there get, get, gets excited about it. The athletes were posting on Instagram; they were excited about it. So, it, you know, there are people showing up, and um, I think it's good to have the representation. Did, what was Wait the attendance? Look at- the uh, uh, spectator attendance. I think it was relatively yeah, low, yeah. just because of because co- of COVID regulations still. Gotcha. 
Uh, Brian, I'm seeing something weird here. Did the men and women in Africa do different workouts? Not that I know of. No. The first workout I see... Oh, it's weird. Okay. First workout I see on the... Men is uh, three, two, one, go. And the first workout I see on women is Friday Night Lights. You just I don't sc- see three, two. You just got to scroll over on the leaderboard. Right. All right. Just getting schooled. By the way, you're allowed to text or take calls or whatever you want on the show. <laughs> Someone recently made a comment on the Matt, Josh, and Sevon podcast that, hey, it'd be cool if you guys didn't text what in the middle of the show. I'm like, fuck you. This is our show. <laughs> Text whatever the fuck we want. Do our Instagram. We're just having fun. Just sharing. Okay, let's do it. Let's three next week. Are they all in person? Anything virtual? They're all virtual. They're all virtual next week. <clears throat> and therefore, they all have the same program. And 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 did CrossFit come up with that program? They did for both the individuals and the yep. teams. And why did they do that? If it was virtual, why would CrossFit do it as opposed to these ones that are live and they let the host decide the programming? I think it's so that because, you know, CrossFit's going to be the one that is going to, they're going to implement their review process for approving the workouts and the movement standards. And they have already built out a system that they know how to do that well. I think it would be more complicated for the event directors who don't necessarily have access to the you know, plethora of, of judges who have experience reviewing open workouts, online qualifier workouts, et cetera. So it's, it's probably the right choice. Can, do you know the workouts already? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, were released up. on Friday. Can you go through them? How many are there? Six. <clears throat> well, James, James, James them. he's got them there. Okay. I do have them up. The first workout is uh, the friendly Fran repeat from which is um, what? Three rounds for time, 21 thrusters. 115 pounds, 85 pounds for ladies, and then 21 chest of bar pull-ups. That was the um, first half of the games last year, right? First workout at the stage one of the games last year, yep. Stage one, yeah. So it's a repeat. So I it's like Fran that. with chest of bar pull-ups and a little heavier bar. Much heavier bar. But the times were still really fast. What was the fastest time last year in that, Brian? Four minutes? Well, was Fraser anybody under was four? Like, Fraser was like 40 seconds faster than the next person. I don't have it right in front of me, but it was incredible how fast he was. And then uh, everyone else was piling up around the four-minute mark, I think. Okay, and the second workout? Oh, man. this one. So this is the one that Austin told me he did today. He said he finished this in 15 minutes. But I don't trust all of his single-arm overhead squats. But um, It's also the dot-com workout workout tomorrow, by the way. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So I will get a lot of data. Uh, Four time, 50 dumbbell shoulder-to-overheads, two dumbbells, 50 pounds, 35 pounds, 50 dumbbell deadlifts, 50 GHD sit-ups, and then this one, 100 single-arm dumbbell overhead squats. Brutal. 50 GHD which, sit-ups. That's brutal. Which arm? Which Is it 50 on each arm? You choose. I think you can switch however you want. You could do them all on one arm wow. if you want. Wow, and that's with the 50-pound also. Yeah. I would have to do them all on one arm, James. I can do a 60-pound single-arm overhead squat on my right arm, and I can only do 25 pounds on my left. This is something I've actually, whenever this has showed up in awesome. competition, that it's always annoyed me. I think they should have to do both arms. But Why? Just test the more complete athlete. I guess in some sense, it's like just get the work done, but I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they do one arm. You know why? Because they, they, they never do. 
Yeah. There's people like you, James, who are normally running the show who are so rigid and yeah. And dogmatic in their, in their programming. Like why test both of their arms? And now a guy with one arm can still compete. Well, how's he going to do the dumbbell shouldered overheads with two dumbbells? You're right. You're right. Not (laughs) inclusive. Hashtag not inclusive. Okay. Workout number three. All right. This is the long one too. Brian has to go through the next one. All right. This is actually one of my favorites. 30 muscle ups for time. Or excuse me, four time, 30 muscle ups, 30 meter dumbbell front rack lunge, 300 double unders, 20 muscle ups, 20, 200, 10 muscle ups, 10 meter dumbbell front rack lunge, 100 double unders, 50 pound dumbbell, 25 minute time cap. How long is that going to take, someone... Brian? I don't know. I, 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 a lot, I think it's going to take a lot longer for the women just because of the muscle up volume. 60 muscle ups a lot of think we're going to see a lot of people do you think we're going to see a lot of people get capped on that uh look the thing about yeah. the semifinal fields is, is the same as about the regional fields and if you watched this week if you watched all the events there's a big difference especially in the women's competition from heat 1 to heat 2 to heat 3 but even on the men's side yeah. it's very different so a lot no but there definitely will be you know a, a third of the uh, you know 10 to 30 percent of the men's field and 30 to 50 percent of the women's field get capped yeah yeah majority of the bottom half of the athletes get capped on that yeah i i think i even i text you brian and i said i was looking at one of the heats i don't remember if it was men or women and i'm like man these, these don't look like games athletes and you quickly corrected corrected me and you're like they're not games athletes i was like oh yeah and that's right. and and that's good that we need to have tests in the semifinals that are gonna identify the games athletes right um, workout four. I think Hobart tapped. I bet somebody does that workout in under fifteen minutes. Event three, Ooh. number three. Yeah, I could see it. There's some. Yeah. There's some freakishly good um, gymnastics athletes. Well, yeah, Bridges told me once he did sixty muscle ups for time in like, I think, five minutes or under six minutes. Confirm well, if you can that do for that, me. Wow. So. If you can do that in six minutes and you can do the double unders, it's 600 total maybe double it was unders. 50. So that's also probably about six minutes. Um, maybe, you know, so you're looking at like the best people could do those two parts that work out in 12 minutes. Then you got a total of 60 meters of lunging. The 50s and 35s won't be so yeah. problematic for that. So okay. it's going to be close. All right. That was better math than what I did in my head. Let's say under 18 minutes, I think is fair. I was actually just talking with Josh today about muscle ups because I was telling him, I was like, I can't believe hot. He was just basically saying he could, he would never train to go back to the games because the the volume and just the amount of work you have to put in, he thinks might kill him. But, um, wow. but he, I guess, and I, I guess and the I said, man takes discounts now. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and then he also, I was telling him that Jason Hopper, I was like, I can't believe, I know the volume's crazy. Jason Hopper told us he does 80 muscle-ups in, in, in some workouts when he works out. And he, and he says it usually is over an hour worth of training. And Josh said, oh, I, I used to do 100 sometimes, and yeah. I didn't spread them out over an hour. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, we, I remember some 100 muscle-up workouts, 75 muscle-up workouts. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, I think my shoulder would just pull break out of the socket. Now I've seen you do your little strict muscle ups. I think you'd be all right. 
Yeah, I'm a. I, that's, I'm just good for one or two. I'm a two pump chump, Hobart. <laughs> you just loop the clip over and over again. <laughs> yes, yes. Did some muscle ups tonight in the living room. <laughs> I mean, I can't even do. I can. I can't even do kipping muscle ups. I, I feel like something would. I feel like my arm would come off. I just stick to the strict. Probably better. But we know when I look at workouts. When I look at workouts like this, it makes me think. Like, so I look at this spread of workouts and because I always feel like there's kind of a story that gets told through the open and then through regionals and the games. You don't really see like a, you obviously have the snatch test, but you don't see a heavy barbell Metcon. So it's like, I kind of look at this and I'm like, wonder what you're going to see at the games. I mean, there's no, no running, you know, in this a lot of time on the rower, but it just really makes me curious to be like, what weirdness are you going to see at the games? We had those two strength what do, you, tests. what do you mean? What do you mean? What weirdness? The programming or the athletes? Which Pro, I, no, no, no. I think the athletes. I think the athletes would be great. Um, the programming. You know, like you don't see anything where it's like a heavy barbell plus other movements. You know, you don't see. You do have a little mm. bit of sprint in there, but like Brian said, you have a lot of longer workouts. We're not running. You're spending a lot of time on the rower. So. I so just, you're using your sniffer to say, "I'm looking at this programming." knowing that Dave, that Dave will make different programming or complementary programming at the games. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, it's like you, if you pay really close attention, he'll sort of, um, he'll sort of like evolve workouts as they move through like quarter, you know, open to quarterfinals to, to semifinals. Like they'll just, they'll just start off something really accessible and then it'll become like just a more aggressive version of itself as it gets closer to the, the games. So I just, I look at, always look at these and I think, huh, I wonder what we'll see. Well, that's that's in here this year. We, know- we had wall walks, then we had handstand push-ups, strict and kipping, and now we have handstand walking. Yep. A total of 120 meters of handstand walking is quite a bit. It's not as much as the teams have, though. And uh, But that's one of the kind of interesting conversations about letting the semifinals program their own events because then sometimes you lose that evolution. Um, yeah. But in this case, since they're programming this, the weird thing is that CrossFit's also programming the last chance qualifier, and I don't know how how that's going to fit into the overall mix of the evolution of the, of the season. I wonder if they'll pull mm. little pieces from all over the place. It'd be something totally new. So let's go, let's finish these last three workouts of event four and, and, and the teams go virtually too. Jesus, what a shit. The, the show. team that, workouts are basically really just hard on HQ. The team workouts are, are just uh, variations of these workouts. So I guess basically up. they're going to have, th- and they're going to have to review the videos of top five from all of these events because I guess you don't have to report someone who has, who's, has the sixth slowest time. You don't have to review their video, right? The teams, I mean, okay. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a lot of work for, for CrossFit um, and, and the judging and review team uh, in, the, in the upcoming week. They'll probably week. do the top ten. And they have for to, the game, I mean, for, for the, the teams. I mean, for the in, or for the teams, they'll only take five to advance, but they'll yeah, they'll probably review a little bit beyond that. And then for the individuals, they're going to take. They still have to factor in the last chance qualifier, and in some of the competitions, they're taking down to ninth because they have people who are unable to travel to their intended semifinal, and so they allowed it for an extra person. So they have to review down to nine or ten or so for the individuals. Okay, let's see workout number four. What's workout number four? Complete as many reps as possible in 10 minutes Oof. of 10 snatches, 135.85, and you rest a minute. 10 more snatches, 125.185, rest a minute. 10 snatches, 145.225, rest a minute. Max rep, 
snatches in remaining time, 165, 245. I can't wait to see the strongest athletes do this workout. I know. I'd actually like to see that in person. That's actually pretty cool. You know, I, I can't wait to see like a, I don't know. Bronislaw Lenkovic? Paul Trump. That's yeah, the guy I you want to see. Whoever that is. Is Bronislaw, he going to power snatch all of these touch and go? He can do three touch and go at 315, I think. <laughs> oh, it's going to be such a treat to watch him do these. So he's ecstatic when he sees this. Oh, oh yeah. The programming is actually pretty good for him overall because he'll smash Gretel. He'll smash this. He'll... And he's actually not that bad going long if you don't have to run. What range, What what region is he? He's in the lowlands, um, along with Bjorgman Carl Goodmanson. I think you know who that is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Frederick yeah, Agidius yeah. and Adrian Mundwiller, who apparently you don't know who that is. Who was the first realize. fellow that you mentioned? Olen- oh, no, no, no. Oh, the guy who's going to smash it. He's been to. The, oh, he was at the games Ron, in 2019. Bronislaw Olenkovic. What? Sorry, Brian, I cut you off. Say that again. He was at the games in 2019. He plays 42nd. He's uh, incredible with a heavy barbell and very, very good on power output workouts. He's also really good at legless rope climbs. Apparently, I was informed of this, and there's a workout that has 12 of those in it. And he's 32. I like his chances to make the games. I don't see. Why don't I see anyone from Russia in here? Because they're in Asia. Ah, okay. Yeah, BKG is going to do great. Oh, Uh, okay. Workout number five. Uh, Workout five. This is the one with the rope. This is a long one. Yeah, so four time. This is a 30-minute time cap, though. I don't think it'll take that long. 2,000-meter row, 60-meter handstand walk, five legless rope climbs. 1,000-meter row, 40-meter handstand walk, four legless rope climbs, and then 500-meter row, 20-meter handstand walk, three legless rope climbs. So you need a cameraman to walk. with. This isn't just like put your iPhone up against a book and film it. They'll probably, there's a lot, there's a lot of logistical the, the, stuff. They'll here. set it up in a 10-meter 10 10 meter increment. To, you also, to need, to have a, you also need to have a 15-foot yeah. ceiling. True, too. But if and you, you want to go to the game, you can see the monitor on the rower. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a tricky one to film. Okay, final workout. Uh, it's a recent CrossFit benchmark. This is Gretel, right? That's the clean and jerk? Yep. 10 rounds for time, three clean and jerks, 135.95, three bar facing burpees, seven the- minute time cap. And they did this at Granite Games. No, they did at the Mid-Atlantic 7. This is the one that Jason Hopper took 8th on and was telling us about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, did he tripped over the bar or something? Yeah, lost count of his rounds. You were, and then got all, all confused. He was facing the wrong direction. So oh, it's is, just 3, 3, 3, 3. It doesn't, it, doesn't get, it doesn't go up? It doesn't oh. go 3, 6, 9? Okay. There's 10 rounds of 3 and 3. It's one of the recent um, new Ten uh, minutes. CrossFit benchmark workouts. No, they'll finish this in three minutes. Oh, oh, I thought you said it was 10 minutes as many as you can do. Okay. No, so 10, 10 rounds, rounds. 10 rounds. Okay. Though I like the idea of doing this as an AMRAP 10. That would be punishment. Oh. So severe. Totally different. So, Brian, approach. so we're going to know who the best person is at these three regionals when it's over this week. Whereas we don't know if, uh, if you know, Jason Hopper is better than Jason Smith or if he's better than Saxon. 
Panchik because they all did different workouts. But at the end of these, at the come Monday morning, we're going to know who the best person is coming out of these three um, semifinals. The German throwdown Brazil and the lowlands. Yeah, yeah. So we, we could theoretically do a cross semifinal comparison for these three competitions and then also two competitions from the following weekend. And who is the best out of these three? Who do you think we're going to see? Is it BKG? Yeah. I think BKG is hands down the best male athlete competing this weekend. I don't think it's as obvious on the women's side. So let's go to the women then. Oh, wow, and you got Annie in here. Look, you're looking at the Lowlands Throwdown right now, and I'm, I'll tell you guys this. For the women in the Lowlands Throwdown, there are six women that deserve to be at the games 100%, and only five of them can make it. Why do you Ooh. say deserve to be at the games? I don't want, you know, if well, they deserve they it, they have, make it. They, they obviously have to earn it. I, what I mean by that is that if, if those six women were just uh, given invitations to the games, they would all finish inside the top 50. 20 at the games. They'd all finish in the top half of the field. Who's the six? And who are they? Who's the five that you oh. see? Uh, how's I'm going to try to show you up, Hobart. I know he's going to. I don't know. Laura Horvath, Emma McQuaid, Thurder, Helga Daughter, um, I mean, Annie. Who else on there? Did you say Solveig? Solveig? Has she competed as an individual at the games? No. I have her ranked eighth in this region. Um, The other two are Gabriela Megala and Karen Freyova. Okay. I don't know Gabriela. But there's a last chance qualifier. Gabriela's. There's a last chance qualifier. And if they are as good as I think they are, then one of those, then the one who misses out should get it, should be able to perform at last chance qualifier and get in. Does um, Gabriella uh, train with the other guy you mentioned, the Polish guy? No. Uh, Gabriella Megala is no. dating Laura Horvath's brother, Christoph Horvath, and they tra- train with the program in Mallorca, Spain, along with Jacqueline Dahlstrom. Jacqueline's competing in the German uh, competition, and she's uh, definitely also has potential to make the games. And what did you call it? What are they doing? They're doing the what? The, the training program they, they called train? is called The Program. Whose is that? It's John Singleton or John Singleton, I think. Is it? That's the film director. Singletary, John Singletary. Maybe I apologize if he's listening to this. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's been programming for a long time. He's got a lot of athletes there. There's other. There are other athletes that are also competing in the semifinals that are down there. Adrian Munviller has been down there training with them a bit, I think. And they'll have a competition environment, oh, even though it's virtual. That's cool. I'm looking up. Is that, an, is that an unfair advantage, do you think? They won't be the only ones who are doing that. Um, I'm sure that BKG, Annie, and Frederick will get together and um, maybe even have – there's another young Icelandic guy that's competing. You know, uh, If CrossFit doesn't prohibit it, then I don't, I don't know. How, I don't know. You know, at the, the, at the stage one of the games, they said you could be in the same location, but you can't do it at the same time. So maybe they'll implement that same rule. Yeah, I, li- I like that. Oh shit, that's tough. Oh, I recognize this dude. This dude is a good dude. This guy's been around forever. Yeah, he was with uh this guy from the program, this head coach. He was remember the guy who used to be Sarah Sigmund's daughter? He was like a drill sergeant. He was crazy. Remember that guy? Yeah. 
And then I think he, I think maybe he even got banned from the games. Did he get banned from the games? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he got banned. I just remember in that video he was being, um, let's call it pretty strict. And uh, and this guy used to roll with him, but this guy was a totally different personality. Brian's like a real serious commentator. I'm more like TMZ. So when I bring this shit up, Brian gets all fucking all sweaty palmed and shit. I, I identify with so it like, though. With getting all sweaty palmed? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's good. And, and and he was God, I wish I could remember his name too. But you gotta you just gotta like realize the women in Europe are very good because we were only talking about one side, and on the other side you still have Kristen Holta, Katrin David's daughter, Camilla Solomonson Hellman, Sam Briggs, Jacqueline Dahlstrom, who I mentioned, and then some up and coming athletes that are very good and Emma Tall, Matilda Garns, Sona Kereskova. Amelia Lundberg, Hannah Carlson, Amelia Lepinen, most of whom have some game experience from 2019, and a lot of whom have uh, competed at a lot of sanctional events and done, you know, top 10 performances or, or done pretty well. Um, but they're, and they're all like, you know, 22 to 28 years old with a, you know, a lot of training under their belt in some good training environments. The European women are no joke, man. They're very, very good. It's going to be pretty tight, I think. If this was a live event, would this be the best women's division to see? If, well, there would be two, and they would be extremely entertaining, both of them, yes. No, but I mean the lowlands throw down. Oh, I mean, well, those top six are very good. Behind them, there's Taylor Howe, who had a really good quarterfinals performance. She was up towards the top five. But there's a little bit of a drop-off after that. Um, that girl, Solvid Sigurdardar, who you said, Sigurdardar, uh, she's, uh, a couple people have reached out to me and said the programming is very good for her and looked for her to finish inside the top 10, last chance qualifier. But I, I do think that one's a little bit top heavy. Like there's those six girls that are very, very good. Is so, is, so you think Annie's going to make it? That'll be really impressive. Well, I mean, I, I've talked, I have a friend who's very good friends with him and he said, you know, she's by quarterfinal, she was way ahead of where they thought she could be and would be. And she, yeah, I think she's going to make it. So Josh just texted me back. You'll never believe his 50 muscle up time. Four minutes. Lower. No way. Did somebody, two minutes did, how many? 16, two minutes and 16 seconds. What year? Okay. Ask him what year that was. <laughs> Why? That's crazy. Should I say, show me the footage? What year, Josh? I put it on the same text thread as, that Matt's on, too, hoping that Matt would get all puffy-chested and like be like, yeah, I did in 205 or some shit. That's crazy. So, yeah, so is, it, is this Annie's first big... This is Annie's first time back to the show after having a kid, right? Yep. She wasn't in the games last year? He did. I said, "What year?" And Josh just put it. it ha ha ha! <laughs> I don't even know why that's funny. Why, See, but why that's that's like you just you forget that like just how some of the things <laughs> that these top athletes can do are just like outside of your realm of understanding. Like fifty muscle ups in under three minutes is obnoxious. Oh, he's fucking with me. He just said, "I have no idea what fifty muscle up time is." Oh, Jesus. But he says, but it isn't close to 216. God, I'm a sucker. Sorry, guys, for all you people listening. Damn it. Hobart, you knew, huh? I think he said around four minutes because we were doing a workout once. 
and I think we did. We tested 50 muscle-ups for times, and I think his was like around four or five minutes. It was still a time that was like astronomically insanely fast. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to say about the, the, the this competition, Ryan? Anything that's going to be like is is well, let's, is the winner going is 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 the second place finisher of the CrossFit Games going to be one of these women? Potentially, I think Kara Saunders is the second uh, is like the next one to beat after Tio right now. But the there are like I, I wouldn't be surprised if five to seven top ten finishers at the games are are Europeans. I mean, there's some good American women's too. It's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough competition for both men and women at the games this year. Outside of Tia, it's gonna be a a pretty good battle. Um, Laura Horvath's been impressive so far this year. I think she I mean from what I can see, she's she's really only got one weakness. Uh, Kristen's been really good. Kristen Holt has been very good. Um, what's her weakness? What's Laura's weakness? Deficit, strict handstand pushups or parallel handstand pushups. Do you think she's fixed those since last year? I'm assuming you saw something last year. No, it's been a problem for a long time. I, um, there's no, there's no handstand pushups in the, in this test here. And she, the ones that were in the quarterfinals were low enough volume and just regular on the floor that it didn't matter. She crushed that workout. Uh, but at the games, even if you have that, she can, it's only one workout. Uh, I, I think she's got a chance to, to make a big comeback this year and finish top five again. What, what's going on with travel? Uh, someone sent me that's a, that's some a link question. to some government. U.S. government site. I don't know if it was CDC or not. And basically, it looks like no one from Australia can even come over or Europe. Parts of South America, South Africa. Yeah, there's a lot of travel restrictions into the U.S. right now. And I didn't see a date when they were lifting those travel restrictions. I'll tell you something interesting from this past weekend, though. When When we first got up there, everyone at the hotel was wearing masks. And then by the time we left, no one was wearing masks. And it was only like four days. Things are changing quickly. That is. That's good to hear. That makes me happy. I know that would be devastating if some of these athletes could make it over. I mean, it seems like every year someone can't come, right? Well, but yeah, because it was Roman uh, Karenikov in the last couple of years, right? Yeah, but that's totally different circumstances, right? And this would be this would be basically half the field, quarter of the field, and a critical component of the field. By that you mean uh, really podium contenders, top that? contenders, event winners. And have you heard? Is there a game plan? Uh, Rosa seems confident that he'll be able to get the athletes here. Huh? Even if even if the restrictions are in place, I don't know enough about it to say anything else. You don't know enough, or you're not you're not you're not going to say anything. Else. I haven't pursued anything else uh, because, I mean, I'm not going to be able to make. Are anything. you withholding information? No. Okay. Obar, do you know anything? No, I don't know anything. Do you work for CrossFit, Brian? They contract me for the games. Yeah. Okay. Did you see my two posts about you today? I did. Brilliant. Really nice of me, right? That was very nice of you, yes. Or it might be bad for you. You don't want to ask about the South American, or we're saving that for last also? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's definitely talk about that. Um, Where do we go here? What's that one called? The Brazil? Yeah. 
The Brazil CrossFit Championship. Yes, Brian, let's hear about it. Brazil only gets two spots at the games. Uh, and basically you're going to have, and when you say Brazil, you mean South, you mean South America. The, yeah. The, the Brazil CrossFit Championships, which is representing the South American continent, gets two game spots for men, women, and teams. And on both the men's and the women's side, I think that the only people who have a chance to make it are Brazilians and Argentinians. And, you know, they have a, obviously a tremendous rivalry in, in football or soccer. And, uh, I think that one's developing in the CrossFit space as well. So there's two Argentinian girls, Melina Rodriguez and Sasha Nieves, and then probably Larissa Cunha is the best chance from Brazil, but there's also a couple others, Victoria Campos, Gabriela Moratti, Tayas Nunez, and only two of them can go. I think it's going to be, I wish, again, I wish, really, really wish we could see them compete in, in person because I think it'd be a lot of fun to see some of those athletes there, but whichever ones that come to the games will be, um, good representatives from South America. They're all good athletes. And the men's side has something really similar. The Argentinian guys are Augustine Raquelme and Nicolas Bedarte. Those are probably the top two. And the top, uh, Brazilians are Guillermo Mejeros, who's another pretty young guy who's, he was a teenage athlete at the games. I think he snatched like 285 or 295 as teenage athlete at the games. So he's very strong. Yeah, he's so and strong. Anderon Primo and Guillermo de Dominguez. So the top five are probably, probably, Brazilian and Argentinian on both sides. Um, but I'm, I kind of hope that like one Argentinian male and one Argentinian female and one Brazilian of each also gets in so that we get a little bit of mixed representation. Do you think where, it where are the, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, James. Go ahead. Do you think it hurts? Do you think that hurts them that they're doing virtual competitions and then have to go perform at the games in person? Uh, no, uh, all of these athletes, that I've mentioned have gone to live competitions like Wadapalooza or the Brazil CrossFit sanctional events or the one that was, you know, so they've done some, some competitions in live, like live settings against international fields of athletes. Um, I think it's just, you know, it is what it is this year. Hopefully it doesn't happen again next year because it's, it's just more fun to see them compete live against each other. I think it's more Same fun for them to too. You, James, what do you think? What do you think, James? Um, I, for a lot of these athletes, I don't think it really matters because uh, for a lot of the, the returning athletes, I think if anybody who's new and didn't anybody who's making it to the game for the first time and didn't compete at a live event by getting there, I think it'll be harder for them. There's a good example in, in Europe. There's a couple guys. Now, uh, one of them did compete at the games in 2019. He was Sweden's national champion, but the top two quarterfinalists are uh, out of the European regional are Reggie Fassa from the United Kingdom and Simon Mantilla from Sweden. Reggie Fassa has never competed at the games before. He He's done like strength and depth and stuff like that. But if those guys make it through, that could be an athlete that's kind of of the ilk that, that James is talking about. I just think it's hard. For, I think the games is such a different beast. And I just think managing all of the games is more than just like go work out, do well in a workout. It's just managing all of the elements that go into just getting through that weekend, the timing, not being on your own schedule, the weird eating, time change, weather, other people who are, you know, you're actually finally competing side by side with people who are in some cases much better than you. So I think it's really hard. Sleeping in a different place. Judging. Having, yeah, having the highest caliber yeah, of, of judging. Things. All of those things. You're giving all the reasons why it might be harder. Let's talk about the athletes who have been to the games who have issues with the fact that there's online qualifiers that they're like, Hey man, we need a live event. Does that really matter? Or are they just, are those just 
just professional complainers? I think they're just professional complainers. And they just, I honestly, I think if you're an athlete, like part of being an athlete is you want to, you know, everyone always says like, I do it for myself. (laughs) And it's true, I think to some extent, but like you want to perform and compete in front of other people. And I think it's definitely like a, it's, it's a bummer to miss that. And there is something a little bit extra electric. There is an energy in a stadium or a crowd that, that you don't quite get in that, you know, that's almost like a, not esoteric, but it's like a sterile environment of just like a judge and you and a camera. It's just not, it's not the same. It definitely is more fun, more energizing, pumps you up more to have that crowd. Look, for the most part. And and, and I don't knock the athletes for that either. I think that if you train so hard during the year, I think you should have a healthy, healthy desire to show what you did. I mean, like you practice all year. Fuck yeah, I'd let a crowd see it. I think that's a good, good mentality. You should want to go show off. That's healthy. Sorry, Brian, go ahead. Historically, the athletes that do well at the games also do well online. And there's, there's a rare exception of someone like Brent Fikowski who does much better historically just look at his results in live competition compared to online competition but and i you know it would be a he'll he's not competing this weekend it's the next weekend but it would be a you know better games field if he's at it but at the same time it's like these these workouts are not unfair workouts you should be able to perform these workouts at a top five level um and advance and i i think i think he'll be able to do it and i think that all of the athletes who advance via the virtual programming will be um even if they don't have the games experience, that they'll be good enough to compete at the games. And and that and it's a shame for the fans too, because actually Fikowski is really fun to watch to compete. He's got one of those bodies that you're like, oh my god, this is a great body. I mean, he's long, he's tall, he's ripped, he moves incredibly well. It's he he's he's. I mean, and he does well. I mean, it's obvious why he's a fan favorite. It sucks. Well, the other thing we have to keep it, remember about the online programming is that the usual format we see in online programming is not the same scoring system that we're going to have for this programming. This is a reward-based programming system where if you, we talked about it earlier, if you have first, second, third place finishes, you get rewarded differently than if you do in the open where you can be penalized by having one bad workout and 500, 800 people beat you in it. So I think that he'll be fine here. I still think there's some workouts here that he can have some really, really high finishes, maybe even event wins in. Um, and that's good. He's, you know, are you talking about Fikow- are you talking about Fikowski? Yeah, but basically, I'm saying that I think the programming for the virtual uh, competition is good enough that we'll get the best athletes to the games. And it's going to be the same programming. Ever- so you're not just saying that it's the same programming this for these three. You're saying next week. So you're saying all of these athletes are going to get to see this all being done already. So ne- let me start that over. That jumbled up thought. <laughs> Basically, next week, next week, the people who do virtual online competitions will have already seen people do them. Correct. Well, that's interesting. That's cool. That's cool for them. Yeah. I, I guess it'll give them some insight. That's a huge advantage for teams, too, I think. Any teams that get to watch other teams, it's huge. Because of all the moving pieces and they can see the fails? All of the logistics, yeah, the fails, all the logistics, you know, and just maybe realizing like, hey, it is better to move really slow on synchro movements and then crush these. I think it's a huge advantage for the for the teams. So I mean, the one later, the one like, drawback hey, of the online competition for teams is that you can't, re- you can't program the worm because not all the teams and gyms will have access to one. But I think that they've addressed just about every other element of team programming in the way that they've formulated the workouts. And all the teams competing the second week will have that same opportunity to watch those other teams do it. 
Well, yeah, because the team workouts too are so synchro heavy. Like, you know, and that's like, I think that gets over that hump of like having to deal with the, or throwing in the worm as an, as an obstacle, like tons of synchro stuff. Why do they do that? Why is synchro stuff important to testing um, fitness? Is that just to keep everything organized so you can keep rep count? I never understood the synchro stuff. Well, I think it tests the team aspect of it. And honestly, if you are fit or you're able, you know, hard part about synchro in a team environment is if you have someone who is not as fast as you or as strong as you and you have to move at their pace, like there is a huge fitness element to make up for that, to be successful at it. Meaning if someone does butterfly pull-ups slower than you and then all of a sudden you have to slow down, it, it, it hurts you. Because that it's longer, longer contraction. Well, if it hurts you, it's harder, and you have to, and you have the fitness and like the coordination to adjust to it. So you like the synchro stuff? I like it a lot, yeah, and I, I like it a lot too because I think one of the important things in the team environment is it, it teaches you, or you have to be a good teammate to be successful at it, not just someone who's physically fit. And that's why you see teams like some teams who have really fit athletes and they just explode. And that's just because they have no idea how to apply their fitness correctly. Damn. Damn. <laughs> how, 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 is, is Rich's team going to win this year? Yeah. Uh, I want to, I'll tell you what. Depends, depends how heavy the games is. Chase, yeah. Chase has that one, one glaring weakness of his upper, upper limit of strength. I'm, what I'm looking for is to answer, really to answer that question, you have to say, well, if they're not going to win, who's going to beat them? And the last weekend at the Granite Games, there were there were some pretty good teams there, and that Omnia team, uh, they won by like ninety points or something like that. And the second place team was Christian Harris's Move Fast Lift Heavy team, which is a very good team, like a, I think a top five candidate for a games team. So I'm pretty fascinated by this Omnia team, as if they maybe maybe they don't challenge Rich's team, but I think they're a podium threat for sure. The girls look strong on that team. That's both sure. girls on that team and one of the guys did well enough on quarterfinals to earn individual invitations to semifinals, and they all turned it down to go team. Mary Kay, Mary Kay Drysilker was uh, is one of them, and she was uh, competed at, um, at regionals multiple times. Yeah, that that team was very good. They didn't seem to have many many or any weaknesses this past weekend. James, did you ever qualify for the games and then go team? Yeah. That's what uh, is that hard or no 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 as an individual no I never did that when I decided to go team like I went team okay I wonder if that's a hard decision for those people I'll tell you what there's a up. Like, the top ranked team coming out of quarterfinals in Europe is a Spanish team and one of the men and one of the women on that team are both competing as individuals this this upcoming weekend but if they both if they don't make it which I don't think either of them will make it as individuals and their team happens to get in they both have the option to that to then compete on the team or the team has an option to put them cuz they're on the roster still uh, I always thought CrossFit tried to protect against that but that's pretty cool they had yeah the, this year that's in place i i came out a few like a month ago and just kind of posted a question on Instagram about it if should athletes have to declare a path at some point in the season, whether it's after the open or after quarterfinals, should you have to say, I'm going age group, I'm going team, I'm going individual, or should you have the freedom to try as many options as you want and make the decision after qualifying in as many realms as you qualify for? I like the latter. Most everyone has said they the like the latter. Yeah. I think they should be allowed to compete in the men's and women's <laughs> competition both. You could just... I think you should be able to identify. I still wouldn't win with whatever you. 
With what? <laughs> you should be able to identify with whatever you want. I've actually wanted to see like see Tia compete against other games level men athletes and see how she'd stack up. I feel like she'd smash a lot of them around. Someone DM'd me this oh, weekend and said, would Tia have qualified for the games in the men's competition at Granite Games? I didn't respond. Okay, well, the perfect. Would Tia, I'll ask you, will Tia, would <laughs> Tia have qualified in the men's competition at the Granite Games? There wasn't anything that was crazy heavy. I don't know how she can manage the 70-pound well, dumbbells snatch. overhead. She'd manage him fine, man. <laughs> Let's see. I want to see it. I want to see the 70-pound overhead lunge with the double dumbbells from Tia. I wonder if it's hard for her. Meaning, I wonder if there's an unknown component that we can't imagine when you're that good that you go there and that the that all of a sudden the stress level is so fucking high that the that the advantage is then mitigated. Do you know what I mean? Is there any, is there any, or no, she doesn't even think of it like that. She's not thinking she's that much better than everyone. She's just thinking she has to win everything. Yeah. I mean, I I had something like that. I would imagine like, I don't, you know, I think part of it is probably she has an expectation of what she maybe believes she can do. I don't know. And just, I was always chasing that. It's funny. I was listening to, uh, I watch a lot of formula one racing I know there's a lot of discussion about, is it the car or the driver? But, you know, listen to Lewis Hamilton, who's won six, seven championships. But he's always talking about post-race, like what he could do better, what he could do better next week. You know, even though he's dominating or was dominating races last year, this year he's having a harder year of it. But he won like six years in a row. And all he, all you see him talk about is like what he could have done better. And um, so I think it's just that standard they set for themselves. And I'm sure they're very aware of their abilities. Like, I, I don't think Tia walks out there and she's like, man, I suck. I hope I squeak this one out. <laughs> you know, from, from a fan's perspective, it was, we didn't know it at the time, but we were getting quite the treat the year that Matt and Rich competed against each other. But the real treat from the fan's perspective would have been for Rich to stick around for one more year and, and to see it right to see. And now it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tia because she's going to be reaching at some point here. I'm guessing, I'm guessing in the next year or two where she's like, okay, I've had enough. Like I did it, but, but are we going to get to see, are we going to get to see anyone test her like Mallory or Emma or, or, or Haley Adams? Can they get good enough in the next two years? Cause I'm guessing the rest of the girls are just dropping off. Right. I'm, I'm assuming that the Catrins and the Annie's and the Sarah's, they, I mean that they're basically done. They're, 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 they're yeah, this is going to sound horrible. They're the Scott Panchicks of the... Uh, hey, man, I, I think Scott's got the chance this year to make the podium. That That is horrible to say. Not horrible, but it's, it's, it's rough. I don't know. I would like to see it. How, how, much can, how much can Mallory improve in one year, James? At 17. What did she snatch, can Brian? Be- she snatched 185, but she caught, she received 200 in the bottom position. I think she could have stood it up. I think she actually thought she was going to, and she got a little bit overconfident and then just kind of lost it for a moment. Uh, so I think she can snatch 200 pounds already. And, and I'm sure she's, I, I don't have any data on her super high rep stuff, you know, and it's like, like I said, I think the Granite Games, obviously, I think regardless of the programming, the same, but for the most part, a lot of the same people still end up there. 
as long as the loading and the movement variant sticks, you know, I, I still think Mallory makes it, but I think she could get a lot better in a year. There's a, you know, and there, it'll be interesting to see. She just signed with Noble. Seven, you'll like this. I was told today that her Instagram followers went from 11,000 to 106,000 in four days. So she's going to get a lot of attention, a lot wow. of opportunity, sponsorships, and she might choose to compete or be able to or invited to compete at some off-season competitions. I think that's what she needs. She needs some ex- competition experience against the best women in the world, and that's where she has a like a really big opportunity to grow and improve. And you know how she's really smart. I think uh, Matt, the producer of the podcast, tried to wanted to DM her for to see if we can get her on the show, and she doesn't accept DMs. And that is brilliant. If she can keep that, that's another thing I always wonder about. How do these people avoid that distraction from there, their social media? There you go. Pardon just, me. She was also picking the brain of. Uh, she was also picking the yeah. brain of Matt Fraser this weekend on the sideline. They were talking for a little while, so she's you know maybe she's also trying to learn from people who've come before her, which is obviously a good decision. What's her coach's name? Townsend. Yeah, James Townsend. Do you know him, Hobart? Have you ever worked out with him? I don't. Well, he, I, I I know him just from my CrossFit days. He was a CrossFit affiliate. I don't know if he still is, but he also has these two daughters. Have you ever seen his daughters on Instagram? I'm oh yeah, say they're like three and three and eight, or four and eight, or four and seven. And they are amazing. They are amazing, and I always show my boys videos of those girls doing stuff to get them all fired up. So he he's 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 making superhumans over there. Oh yeah, yeah, I have I have seen his Instagram, and he's really strong too. Like, Crazy. He did. I wonder how long Mallory's been training with him. Do you know, Brian? I do not. I wonder. Cause I, I feel like she's been. I feel like he's been her coach since, since the beginning, 10. but I don't know when the beginning was for her. Yeah, I'm wondering if like if it's going to be one of those stories where her parents were just members at the gym, and she's been there since she's seven, and now she's just a complete savage. Yeah, when did she start doing CrossFit, Brian? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I, I you know, I, I don't know that much about her her competitive background. Um, but uh, but she's not like this. Isn't coming out of nowhere. There was an article on Morning Chalk up over a year ago that that was written and said this girl's the real deal, and you should you should guys should know who she is. I'm going to text uh, Matt right now and see how close we are to getting Mallory on the show. Mallory? Question <laughs> mark. All right. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you guys want to throw out there? No, I like Preferably that. something that's clickbait. I got nothing. Tra- don't, don't, heat, heat, heat training. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a three second clip. Hobart on heat training. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Brian, where are you going to be next week? Right here, Just watching the action. computer. And will there be any? Can, can the rest of us watch it? Will any of that stuff be live? Any of that virtual stuff? My understanding is that because uh, there's there's competition windows where you can you have to submit two workouts within a 24 hour time period, and I believe that CrossFit Home Office will be broadcasting uh, leaderboard updates and hopefully some of those. Um, um, uh, all those text messages coming in are from you, by the way, Savan. They're now interrupting our podcast. <laughs> it's okay. 
they'll be you know, they can they can pull some of the the footage of athletes competing and show like four or five of the best performers at the same time. Uh, so I, I hope that that'll be going on. And, and if it is going on, the nice thing about that is it'll be a predictable time. So you can know exactly when to tune in to catch up on all three of the competitions. So we'll probably see the leaderboard and then get to go back and review the submitted footage, watch the submitted footage. Yeah. They're, they're due at noon Eastern on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So presumably the coverage will be within two hours of that. Oh, wow. Not, not Eastern Pacific time. They're due at noon Pacific time. Sorry. God, I, I wonder if I wonder if we're going to see some angry people too, because this is one of those things where HQ is going to be seen. They're going to think they got good good times or good workouts, and then HQ is then going to review the reps. This could be devastating for some. Well, people. it could have a very different feel the than the live competitions. You know, at the live competitions, there's the opportunity for appeals, of course, but the, basically, you know, the results immediately, and the, and then two days later, nothing changes. Two hours later, nothing changes. Well, and they say no rep, and you get to keep going. If they say no rep here, your whole workout's toast. Well, yeah, actually, so I, I got dinged on. I, I had some reps revoked when I did my. They just send you an email, and it's like, oh, hey, this has changed. Cool. This is your new but, time. Oh, <laughs> but what was the time frame from when when you finished that workout to when you received that notification? Uh, I think it'll be faster here for the uh, for the age group qualifiers. It was a, I don't quite remember. Yeah, so I mean, hope, hopefully. Hopefully it's fast and hopefully it's not something that where come Sunday afternoon, someone thinks they made the games and then a week later they're like, oh, sorry, we finally got around to reviewing all the videos and uh, you missed it by a point. <laughs> you didn't even turn your video on. <laughs> See you next year. So, so, so James, that's actually good to know. I'm glad that they do that. You're saying that if they, if you do Fran and you turn in a five minute time, and then they review your video and they see that three of your pull-ups, your chin didn't go over or you didn't hit the fully extend your arms you're saying that they will then take away some seconds they won't just fucking knock you to last place and say I, it depends i think that's all laid out in the rule book it depends how many reps you miss i think if there's like a threshold where if you miss more than a certain amount of reps it's an invalid workout i think or it's like such a penalty it it is you can't come back for it but if it's like one or two they make some sort of rep adjust, time adjustment <laughs> And that's only fair during these times where everyone, where people are forced to do virtual shit. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. And it seems consistent with the live competition. Yeah. And because they're not, I mean, if they were, it would be very different if like they were having everybody do all the same workouts, even at live competitions. And they were saying like, then we're going to stack rank you and then we're going to take the top 20. I think then it wouldn't be as fair. Like the parity is reduced, but in this way, I think it is still, you know, as fair as you could be given the circumstance. All right. Thanks, guys. Brian? I'm happy James was here. This is a good good addition. It's fun to have the other perspective, like you said. I'm just always blown away by how much you know. If I wouldn't have said your name, were you still going to say something? No. Or no, you're just going to... I was just going to let you end the recording. (laughs) Thanks, James.